Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We've been reading in the book of Numbers, and last time we read Numbers chapter 21. Now, Numbers chapter 21 was about the two victories that the children of Israel had, and about, of course, the trouble they had complaining, and the bronze serpent, and the fiery serpents that were sent among them. Now, we're ready to read Numbers. Chapter 22, I am reading from the Amplified Bible. Before we get into this, I want to mention this is an interesting story that we're going to get into, or recounting. I don't mean it like it's a fable or a fictional story, but I just mean the events that are going to happen here, what's going to happen here with Balaam and Balak. I think that's how you say his name. Um, it's kind of an interesting tale of events, and we have to try to look at this from a different perspective. There's some things that sound odd or strange to us, but I just want us to, you know, we'll, we'll try to uh, elaborate and, and understand those things as we go, okay? So this is Numbers 22. I am reading from the Amplified Bible. The Israelites journeyed and camped in the plains of Moab on the east side of the Jordan River across from Jericho. And Balak, the king of Moab, the son of Zippor, saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites. So Moab was terrified because of the people, for they were numerous. Moab was overcome with fear because of the sons of Israel. Moab said to the elders of Midian, now this horde will lick up all that is around us, just as the ox licks up the grass of the field. And Balak, the son of Zippor, was the king of Moab at that time. So he sent messengers to Balaam, a famous prophet diviner, the son of Baor at Pethor, which is by the Euphrates River in the land of the descendants of his people, to call for him, saying, there is a people who have come out of Egypt. Behold, they cover the surface of the land, and they are living opposite me. Now please come, curse these people for me, for they are too powerful for me. Perhaps I will be able to defeat them and drive them out of the land. For I know your reputation, that he whom you bless is blessed, and he whom you curse is cursed. So the elders of Moab, actually, let me back up for a second here. So because Balaam is known, there's a note here about verse 5. Balaam had some awareness and knowledge regarding the true God, but he abused the office of prophet. Now that's a footnote here. And I believe what it was, was he was using his association with God in kind of a strange way, you'll notice he was famous for blessing and cursing. So it, it sounds like he was using this in a strange way to benefit himself. Now that's how that reads and sounds, okay? All right, so let's continue on with verse uh, 7. So the elders of Moab and of Midian departed with fees for divination, foretelling in hand, and they came to Balaam and told him the words of Balak. 
Balaam said to them, Spend the night here, and I will bring word back to you as the Lord may speak to me. So the leaders of Moab stayed with Balaam that night. God came to Balaam and said, Who are these men with you? Balaam said to God, Balak, the son of Zippor, the king of Moab, has sent word to me. Hear this, the people who came out of Egypt cover the surface of the land. Come now, curse them for me. Perhaps I may be able to fight against them and drive them out. God said to Balaam, Do not go with them. You shall not curse the people of Israel, for they are blessed. Balaam got up in the morning and said to the leaders of Balak, Go back to your own land of Moab, for the Lord has refused to let me go with you. The leaders of Moab arose and went to Balak and said, Balaam refused to come with us. Here in this instance, Balaam has done the correct thing. He went and inquired of God. He listened to God. He did what God said, right? So at this point, Balaam is okay. So let's continue on with verse 15. Then Balak again sent leaders more numerous and men who were more distinguished than the first ones. They came to Balaam and said to him, Thus says Balak, the son of Zippor, I beg you, let nothing hinder you from coming to me. For I will give you a very great honor, and I will do whatever you tell me. So please come, curse these people of Israel for me. Balaam answered the servants of Balak, Even if Balak were to give me his house full of silver and gold, I could not do anything, either small or great, contrary to the command of the Lord my God. Now please, you also stay here tonight, and I will find out what else the Lord will say to me. God came to Balaam at night and said to him, If the men have come to call you, get up and go with them, but you shall still do only what I tell you. So Balaam got up in the morning and saddled his donkey and went with the leaders of Moab. Now, there's another note about verse 21 where Balaam saddles his donkey. The ancient rabbis saw in this action, I'm reading a footnote for you, an indication that Balaam was actually eager to go with the messengers because it was not considered appropriate for a man of importance to saddle his own mount. That kind of makes sense. You would think Balaam would have had some servants if he was well-known and he was, you know, well-to-do. Regardless of that, I want you to notice that he spoke correctly when he told them, look, God, God is telling me that I cannot do anything for you, so it doesn't matter what you offer me, I can't do anything contrary to the command of the Lord. However, instead of just flatly refusing them, you'll notice that he does say, let me see what else the Lord will say to me. And, and he's tempted by, you notice it says, um, they sent more numerous and men who were more distinguished than the first ones. They were offering him a very great honor, meaning they were going to pay him richly. And this is how he had been doing things. This is how he had been 
from the sounds of it now, I'm going by the sounds of how this reads, um, that this is how he had derived his fame and probably his fortune. So here he's being tempted by these material goods, this material wealth, but he did say the right thing. He should have just flatly refused them and said, the Lord has already spoken. This is not going to happen. But that's not. He's leaving the door open. He's wanting God to give him the okay to go. That's the, um, that's the, what, the inference, or that's the way that you would read his motivation in this according to some of the footnotes and different things. Now, we're going to read on with verse 22. But God's anger was kindled because he was going. Notice that. Well, why would God be angry at him for going? God just said, you know, you can get up and go with them. But what God was really, you know, what God was saying to him is, you know, if the men have come to call you, you know, you can go with them, but you should still only do what I tell you, meaning you will not curse the children of Israel. But you can go with them. He's not going to, you know, I'm not going to keep you from going with them, but I've already told you not to go with them. And, and to back that up here in verse 22, the first thing we say, God's, the first thing we see, I'm sorry, God's anger is kindled because he was going. He made a choice to go. God will always let us make our choices, even when we make the wrong ones. And that's what we're getting at here. Balaam is making the wrong choice. I think he's tempted by the great honor, the very great honor, the, the wealth. So let's continue on, though. Verse 22. But God's anger was kindled because he was going, and the angel of the Lord took his stand in the way as an adversary against him. Now he was riding on his donkey, and his two servants were with him. Notice he had servants who could have saddled his donkey. Thus the, the reference about the rabbis looking at that, like he was eager to go with them. He wanted to go with them. He wanted to make this money. So anyway, now he was riding on his donkey and his two servants were with him. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way and his drawn sword in his hand, the donkey turned off the path and went into the field. But Balaam struck the donkey to turn her back toward the path. But the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path of the vineyards, with a stone wall on this side and a stone wall on that side. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she pressed herself against the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against it, and he struck her again. The angel of the Lord went further and stood in a narrow place where there was no room to turn either to the right or to the left. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she lay down under Balaam. So Balaam was angry and he struck the donkey a third time with his staff. And the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey and she said to Balaam, What have I done to you that you have struck me these three times? Then Balaam said to the donkey, Because you have made a mockery of me, if there had been a sword in my hand, I would have killed you by now. The donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your donkey on which you have ridden all your life until this day? Have I ever? 
been accustomed to do so to you? And he said, No. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand, and he bowed his head and lay himself face down. The angel of the Lord said to him, Why have you struck your donkey these three times? Behold, I have come out to stand against you, because your behavior was obstinate and contrary to me. The donkey saw me and turned away from me these three times. If she had not turned away from me, I would have certainly killed you now and let her live. Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned, for I did not know that you were standing in the way against me. But now, if my going displeases you, I will turn back. The angel of the Lord said to Balaam, Go with the men, but you shall speak only what I tell you. So Balaam went along with the leaders of Balak. Now, this was a long stretch of verses. I want us to look at this. There's several different ways to look at this, but right now I want to focus on the main part of this with Balaam and what his attitude was. In our footnotes down below, talking about verse 22, Balaam went with God's permission, but his motives were in opposition of God's will. In other words, Balaam had permission to go. God will allow us to make our choices, but we have to understand that sometimes those choices are wrong. And in this case, Balaam was making a wrong choice and for the wrong motivations. He's doing this for the money. He's hoping that the Lord will allow him to you know, reap this honor and this, uh, this, this material wealth. But he knows the Lord has already said he can't curse the children of Israel. So, really, he's putting himself in a bad position, and the Lord is really trying to get him to change his mind and stop, but he's not going, he's saying, again, he gives him permission, he, he allows him to make that choice. You can go with the men, but you're only going to speak what I tell you. So, he's not going to be able to curse the children of Israel, and it's like, why are you even going? Because you'll notice that the angel of the Lord said that they would have killed him had he continued on, had his donkey, his donkey really saved his life. Now there is another note here about the angel of the Lord has been capitalized here to reflect the likelihood that it is God appearing in a visible form. So the angel of the Lord, they believe, is quite possibly God appearing in a physical form. I've heard some say that the angel of the Lord, when it's spoken and done this way, is actually Jesus or a representation of Jesus. I'm just going to say that. I'm not going to go into that. There's, you know, I've heard uh, teaching on that, and it's quite possible. We don't, we can see it that way or not. It's really, I don't think that in this case, in this story, really matters. Um, there's reasons for that logic and that thinking, but uh, to me, that's really not as important as the story that we're getting here. Uh, Balaam's motivations are wrong, the reason he's doing this. Now, there's a whole other story here with the donkey where when we make that comparison to us, sometimes 
we get frustrated. Things aren't going the way we want it to go. We get mad. We get angry because it seems like we're running into obstacles when we want to do something. We want to have our way and we get angry. I've caught myself doing this too. And then in the end, we find out that really, we would be better off not to do that thing. That these obstacles, these problems, these frustrations were for our own benefit to keep us from doing something that was going to be harmful to us. Like it is here with Balaam and this donkey. The donkey is really trying to save his life. And he doesn't realize it. So he's beating this donkey, trying to get it to go where he wants it to go. And yet the donkey is like trying to save his life. So that's another little lesson to learn here. Sometimes the things that we see as obstacles, as uh, blocking us or keeping us from getting what we want, doing what we want, when we're looking at things from a selfish manner, in a, in a, when we're looking at things in a, in a selfish manner, sometimes that is God moving to save us, moving to keep us. It's his providential care moving to keep us out of harm, keep us from hurting ourselves. Balaam, Balaam's ultimate story is, is not really good for him. So that's why I mentioned that. And here... God will allow us to make the choice we want to make. He will allow us to pursue what we want to pursue. But when it's not good for us, when it's something that's bad for us, he will He will try to convince us not to do it. But he's not going to take our choice away. He's not going to take Balaam's choice away here. He's going to allow Balaam to do what he wants to do, even though he's already told him, you know, He's already told him back in the beginning, the first thing he told him was, no, we're not, you know, you're not going to do that. You shall not curse these people for they are blessed. Do not go with them. That was his first thing. And that's like so many other commandments that we see or teachings we see in the Bible, no matter how you want to look at them, where we're told, don't do that. But we we're still allowed to do that. But he's telling us for our, our own good, do not do this. And that's, that's a big part of this story with Balaam, is God has already spoken and said, do not go with them, do not do this. Balaam is being tempted and he's failing. He wants the, this reward, this honor, this payment, this material wealth. And so he's trying to go do this, he's trying to get that. But he is going against God's will. And so here he's really getting into trouble. Now, we don't know a lot about Balaam before now, except that he was famous for blessing and cursing. He had a reputation that whoever he blessed was blessed and whoever he cursed was cursed. So he was famous for this type of thing. So unfortunately, while Balaam knows God and has a relationship with God, which obviously he must have sought out because that's how we get our relationship with God is we seek him. Well, here he's hurting his relationship with God by doing what God has already told him not to do. And he's pursuing this because he wants it. He himself wants this and God has already told him no, but he's 
going to go after it. He's going to keep trying, and he's going to go after it. So, here, his, even his donkey is trying to save him. He was blinded to the fact that the angel of the Lord was there. And what does the angel of the Lord say about him? Behold, I have come out to stand against you because your behavior was obstinate and contrary to me. So the angel of the Lord, speaking for God, letting Balaam know that your behavior is, is obstinate and contrary to me. He's going against the will of God. All we have to do is look back at verse 12. God says to Balaam, do not go with them. You shall not curse these people, for they are blessed. That was the end of the story. That should have been the end of this story, but it was not because Balaam continued on. He was obstinate and acting contrary to God. So let's move on with verse 36. When Balak heard that Balaam was coming, he went out to meet him at the city of Moab which is on the border at the Arnon River, at the farthest end of the border. Balak said to Balaam, Did I not urgently send word to you to call you? Why did you not come to me immediately? Am I really unable to honor or pay you? Meaning, am I not offering you enough? You know, am I not giving you enough? Come on, I mean, I will give you more. That's the implication there. So Balaam said to Balak, Indeed, I have come to you now, but am I able to say anything at all? The word that God puts in my mouth, that I shall speak. And Balaam went with Balak, and they came to Kiriath Huzoth. Balak sacrificed oxen and sheep and sent some to Balaam and to the leaders who were with him. Then it came about in the morning that Balak took Balaam and brought him up to the high places of Baal. From there he saw a portion of the Israelites. Now, this is kind of a cliffhanger ending for this chapter because that's how it stops. So I want us to look back here at what Balak is doing. Balak is sacrificing. Now, it doesn't say so, but I'm taking this that he's sacrificing to God. He's trying to get God's favor because Balaam has told him, I can only speak what God tells me to speak. That I shall speak. So I think Balak is trying to get God's favor without really understanding that he's not going to get it. And you'll notice he sent some of this sacrifice to Balaam and to the leaders who were with him. I'm not sure what that implies. Maybe that implies he was not sacrificing to God, but I was taking this that he was sacrificing to God, trying to get God's favor due to what Balaam had said to him. I don't know for sure. I do know that if you remember the children of Israel, their sacrifices, the priests are allowed to take some of that and they, they eat that and they have that for their own food. And that's how I was looking at this. He's sending some of the sacrifice to Balaam as a uh, as a part of the sacrifice he you know gets a part of that food as if ba as if Balaam was kind of a priest because he is 
a prophet of God according to the office he's holding and according to what uh, Balak knows. Okay? Not sure about the other leaders who are with them exactly what their position is. But here we end the, the chapter where Balak takes Balaam up on a high place, you know, like up on a mountaintop or something like that, where they could look off and see some of the Israelites. And we know that he's going to ask Balaam to curse them. So we're going to see that in the next chapter. Again, I want to mention that this is a good example. Balaam is a good example of someone who is in the office of a prophet. And he has a relationship with God. And yet he's hurting his relationship with God by making the wrong choices, doing the things that God has told him not to do. And he's tempted by these worldly things, these uh, material things, this wealth, and this honor. To be fair to Balaam, this is the same issue that all of us have, isn't it? We're tempted by something in the world, something we want, something we would like to have. But the only way to get some of those things or the only way to do some of those things is to go against what God has already told us not to do. So I don't see this as being an unusual story except for the way it's presented and the way that we've kind of moved away from the children of Israel for this part of the story, you know, for this part of their history. We've moved away and we're telling this from someone else's perspective. We've moved off and now they are still there. They're still, this is still their story and their history, but we're getting a different perspective of it from someone else, the king of Moab and from Balaam, this other prophet of God, someone who has a relationship with God, but he's not one of the Israelites. So I want to thank you for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day. May the Lord bless you and keep you safe. And remember, God loves you.